the rebel priest. Real convos, shifting culture and creativity. that time again I'm sitting here live in Arkansas with my homeboy the Dave Holland how's it going today Dave it's going good so we're on a mission here if you're listening in you're tuning in episode six we're on a mission here and we're going to talk about that mission here in, in a little while but before we get there we're on a mission to kill a fly a fly's in the studio today and uh, Dave's got the weapon of choice in his hand. If you hear any loud booms or bangs, it's going to be the fly dying. Dead fly. I'm just hoping it don't land on my forehead. Surely you'll give me a heads up before you hit me in the forehead with a bag. Give you a heads up. It's great to be here in Arkansas with you, bro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so much going on. This episode's going to be uh, shorter than our last episode together. But we hope we can paint the picture really quick for our listeners about what the Lord's speaking to us about the move that's happening here in Arkansas, but then also what he's drawing our hearts toward. And it's real simple. Simplicity. Simplicity. Purity. And I want, I want you to share in a moment your heart about what you see and what you've seen about the, the horse-drawn carriages, the nostalgia of a moment that this country really has kind of abandoned, if you think about it. But I want you to take time for our listeners in a moment and express that. But before we get into that, a little, a little knowledge here. If you are hearing this podcast and you're saying to yourself, I feel really dry and I, I just, I need, a, I need a touch from the Lord. I need, I need to experience his presence like I've not felt it in a long time. Friend, I want to tell you, Arkansas is central to the country. You can get to this state. I think I read Malvern is a 12-hour drive from, like, what, 80% of the major cities of this country, something like that? That sounds right. Judge, I think Judge was telling us about that. Like, mm -hmm. strategically, Malvern's located as, like, an anomaly. Like, it sits here, but it's been preserved. It's still simple in a lot of ways. The city is still the way it used to be. Yeah. So if you're, if you're hearing this and you say, I'm, I like road trips, I like to go see beautiful places in, in the country, you can't beat Arkansas. Yeah. You know, Tara and I were talking, and last year, if somebody would have said, you guys would love Arkansas, we would say, there's nothing there. But that's the beauty of it. There's 7 million acres of national forest. There's rivers everywhere you look, the majesty of everything. And when you get down to it, it's just a simple place. Simple place. And the people here, they might look simple, but they've got a story. And Arkansas is the natural state, but it's a very simple place. Yeah. What better place for the Lord to do a simple work, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So just, I, I want you just to kind of break open some of the stuff that you've been sharing. Just share your heartbeat of this place of being simple and what it looks like to you to come back to a place with Yahweh that's simple. Yeah. Um, a couple of days ago, I made a Facebook post and um, just some things that has been on on my heart and um, things that I have. That I think the Lord has been showing me. Yeah. Um, sometimes Facebook posts don't really 
clarify or articulate really what's going on in your life. But um, for the last probably six months, I've had just this uncanny um, draw back to something just simple. Um, I've had these visions of these old churches out in a field. Um, and for some whatever reason, I, I picture horses and mm, yeah. Families getting into their chair, their carts, and the horses taking them. Maybe the eighteen hundreds type yeah. setting, you know. Um, everything's wood, no sheetrock, no electricity in the church, no indoor plumbing in yeah. the church, um, and and probably no instruments. Just congregational led worship, and and just no lights, none of that, and just peeling it back all the way to its core where it was raw and authentic. Yeah. You know, I think in those days they probably had temptations and they had things that they had to work through, but the worldly draw was not as strong then as it is now. And people, it wasn't a conversation. It was just everyone knew Sunday we're going to church. There's, there's no lights. There's no glamour. There's no elevated person. There's no elevated team. It's just us. Yeah. It's just it's we're going to our home away from home and just going down the road you know i have these visions of of these in my heart of these settings and i feel like god's just peeling me back to the place where everything was just so pure yeah everything it wasn't complex right ministry wasn't complex yeah. uh, the kingdom wasn't that complex it was just and, and i don't know i've got these i'm not I don't think God's wanting me to change anything. Right, right. Like, here at the well, but yeah. I do feel like for myself, God does want us to get back to that place. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it, it goes back. We were talking about this a couple of days ago. It goes back to our heart's posture. Yeah. You know, and, and um, we'll talk about a physical building, and I'm glad you said that, that it's not pertaining to certain changes. But let's just, let's just look at um, let's look at the average mega church in, in this country just for a moment. And when you look at it and you go in, there's a draw that brings you there. There's there's bright lights, there's smoke machines, there are uh, professional musicians that are top notch. You can't get any better. Um, you know, there's a draw, there's this thing, and and when you get in, for me, I, I, I question and say, are we truly having an encounter with Father, or are we just having a really good dopamine response to what our brain is seeing around us? And unfortunately. Uh, I, don't, I don't knock lights and smoke because I think lights and smoke have their place. But in a worship setting, I think, unfortunately, with technology and with expectations of people, with comfort levels being, and then with people just being seeker sensitive, we've, we have created a bubble that we call church that really insulates us from feeling a lot of glory if we're not careful because we're stuck on the things that keep us comfortable. Yeah. And when you go back and look, what I'm hearing you, you talk about, in the 1800s, they didn't know what padded chairs were. Yeah, they just knew it was a bench. They were they were probably glad to have a place to sit down that wasn't on the ground. Yeah. So they sat on benches. There was no air conditioner. They didn't know what air conditioning was. We have been conditioned, pun intended, yep. to to have all of these things. What happens when we start peeling it back? Does it mean you're going to cut the AC off at the well? No, 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 Lord, no, no. It's a mindset. It's yeah. a heart posture of mm -hmm. simplicity. So with that, with being a pastor. Is there, is there anything that you feel moving when you talk about this that as a pastor you see places of coming back to simplicity as a pastor? Yeah, you know, I, I, just in, our, in the way that we do things. Yeah. 
um, just kind of the, I'm not disgusted, it's the wrong word, but moving my own heart away from um, the antics and the gimmicks of what we've put on as church. Because the, the reality is, there's a remnant of people that's just tired of the entertainment yeah. that keeps posing as church. Yeah, I agree. They they want the real thing. The vacuum in the kingdom is sucking people to the right place in a place that is real and yeah. authentic, not yeah. not put on and performed. Right. Right. And so I think just moving our our worship, just getting back to the purity. One of the greatest songs that I've ever heard written is I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Oh, yeah, one of my faves. Yeah, like mid-90s or yeah, so. Yeah, the best music. Come Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, you know, getting back to the heart of worship, getting back to the heart of preaching the gospel, yeah. getting back to the heart of relationship and people, yeah. and even the heart of the gathering. Yes. And, and just removing ourselves from all of the all the stuff that we do, the motions and things, and just getting back to what is raw and what is real. Yeah. I think for me that's what it is. Well, if you look, and, and, and I can't help but think about this as you're talking because I see it. I've been where you are. Like, I know what it's like to carry the weight on your shoulders that you carry, and, and it's for somebody that's never led a congregation, it's not like uh, owning a business and, and managing people. You know, this is totally different. People are drawing from you that, that – that uh, that needs something from you other than something you can write on a piece of paper and hand and they go cash at the bank. Yeah. So when I think about what, what what you were saying, I think about Jesus and when he came and he was looking at all of the all of the law. He was face to face with the law. Yeah. That said you couldn't you couldn't do certain things on the Sabbath. What did he do? He walked into the pool area and went and got the man who'd been laying there for over thirty five years and said, Hey, get up, take your bed and walk. Mm-hmm. He did all these things and some people would say, Well, he was being a rebel. I don't think he was being a rebel. I think he was simply saying, I'm here now. The heart of the Father is to come and make things simple again, where you don't have to wait for a man to go make a sacrifice for your sins. You can go directly to him. That simple. Could you imagine being in those days and hearing Jesus' message and going, oh, you mean I don't have to go slaughter lambs anymore? Mm. I'm, I, I now have, he was the perfect lamb that was slaughtered. So we were taken back to a place of simplicity with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And since his death, it's like everything's worked itself back up to where we've made our own laws again. We've become legalistic in areas. And I think the Holy Spirit is saying, if you want to be a part of this last day's revival, this awakening, you're going to have to understand simplicity. Yeah. I think even as a as a pastor, this started probably, when did you first come? Like in March? November. November. Yeah. Okay. The second time was March? March. Okay. Mm-hmm. So well, March, <clears throat> during that morning service, there was a few weeks right there. That was crazy, bro. March was in the middle of a few week unraveling for me mm-hmm. where I've, the Lord just began to deal with my own heart. Um, I think it began for me at that moment where he was bringing me back to a, just the simplicity of, of the kingdom where um, relationships matter and the fivefold ministry matters. And, but I think what we've done is we've elevated those, those people as being, uh, you know, better than everyone else. And we give them huge platforms and venues and all these different things. For me, the Lord began to touch my heart and began to share with me that if the gathering is not a safe enough place for leaders to be vulnerable, yeah, then it's not safe enough for people to come in and be vulnerable. Yeah, that's good. I was completely broke, convicted about dealing with my own problems and my own privacy and then standing here on this elevated stage acting like I've got it all together, but yeah. ask them to come 
and openly confess their problems in an altar, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'd go home and deal with mine. So you're actually asking people to do something you're not willing to do. Mm, that's crazy. That's and and I don't share my yeah. whole life with people, right, of course. Right. But um, I'll be the first, and you've been here, I'll be the first one in the altar. Absolutely. Our, yeah. our team, we don't have to hide our problems. This yeah. is a very vulnerable, transparent, yes. and safe place. And I think that that's why so much healing has taken place. I think that's, that's that's why a river is flowing. Yes. It's because we just decided to be real. Yep. You know, we just decided to be honest with one another. Yeah. So, and I think that's the best thing. Again, coming back to simplicity doesn't mean you have to cut away. Now, if the Holy Spirit tells you to cut something away, cut it away. I think simplicity starts in our own mind. You know, we bombard our own selves with things. And, and I think coming back to this, this honest place of worship, this honest place of, um, of purity, of simplicity, I think what it ultimately it does, it brings us back to the place where we say, okay, Jesus, I'm looking at you, not on the cross, but I'm looking at your resurrected self. You died, went to hell, got keys, came back, rose from the grave for something other than me getting bombarded by my own thoughts. Yeah. Bring me back to the, not the cross, bring me back to the empty tomb to remind me that it says you did all the hard work. The simplicity for me is to love the Father with my whole heart mm-hmm. and love my neighbor as myself. Yeah. And for, for, for me, that's one of the most simple things that I've been doing over the last year is saying, okay, Father, I want to love you and I want to love my neighbor um, as myself. And I think that in and of itself, people have to learn to love themselves before they can love their neighbors. So whatever's going on in our lives, I believe the Lord's taking us back to a place that we, sometimes we might choose simplicity. Sometimes he might choose it for us. Yeah. If that, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I think he, he wants the best for us and being simple doesn't mean you don't wear makeup or jewelry. Being simple means you see you see the Father for who He is. Yeah. Jesus for who He is. Yeah. And I guess for me, how how does it look for you if this entire church here at the well begins to live a simple life? What does that look like? I guess in in a layman's term, in society every day, what does being a simple Christian look like? I don't know if simplicity is cookie cutter. Okay. I think that um, there are some things that God is challenging us to do here at the well. Um, but I won't share them now. We're still birthing them in, in prayer. We do feel like there are some things that God is going to bring to some areas of change here. Um, but I would encourage people to just look at their life. How complex is your own personal life? Yeah. Are you so busy doing? You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of life yeah. that we don't, we get, we're so focused on doing what God has said to do, but we don't spend any time becoming who he's called us to become. Yeah. God never intended for you, you're, you're, you know, God never intended for, you know, doing things to produce intimacy. You know, mm. you know, intimacy with the father is going to produce doing things. Yes. And so I was, I would encourage people just to evaluate their life and look, and I'm embracing this truth myself. Yes. My wife We're learning we, this. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what is it that you're doing that you don't have to be doing? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm convinced today more than ever that the, the, the devil doesn't have to stop you. All he has to do is distract you. That's good. And what he does with distraction is just tries to fill your schedule yeah. with a bunch of in in and in themselves are good things. Yeah. And so we're not we're caught off guard by those things because they're not bad in nature all by themselves. They're they're good things. 
But I say it like this. A good thing becomes a bad thing when a good thing takes the place of a God thing. I, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I think that busyness is one of the, the greatest um, distractions of the day. Yeah. So it's no surprise to me that God is actually calling us back to live simple. Absolutely. And, and I love that word busyness because uh, a couple of months ago, Tara and I were in the truck and the Lord was dealing with me on the word business. Oh, yeah. And he said, business, business, busyness busyness don't let your business become busyness yeah and he was telling me don't be distracted by the things that you think are business yeah it can become busyness be mm-hmm. about my business yeah you know um, and in the old school days um, you know we would we would say it's all about kingdom business yeah and that's the truth it's, yeah. it's it is with a principle we live on kingdom business yeah you can go into the marketplace um, you can go do your job you know I love Malvern. Malvern is the brick capital of the world. Um, foundations are built from here. Yeah. You drive through the community, you'll see brick colors of all shades. And it's yeah. like, they got it They get it from right here, baby. It's beautiful. Um, the tall pines, the timbers that are cut here, all of these things, you know, you, you start looking. No matter what you do in business here in Malvern, it's kingdom business if, yeah. you, if you apply him with it. Yeah. So getting simple for me means, too, we learn to put him in our lunchbox. And when we walk in, we open the lid and let him out in our workplace. Yeah. You know, yeah. let him do his thing. Our job is to be simple, love the Father, and love our neighbor. Yeah. So let simplicity rule. Yeah. Let simplicity rule. Any, 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 any words you want to leave with, with, with people out there that maybe pastor, maybe lead a business, about how they can posture their heart in a place of simplicity? You know, I would just encourage people to just... Um, evaluate again, as I've already said, just evaluate your day-to-day routine. Don't evaluate it on a year. Don't evaluate it on a month. Evaluate it day by day, even hour by hour. Um, you can tell where someone's priority is by what their schedules look like. Re-evalu- reevaluate your schedule. I, I, I know it's not for everyone, but there's there's a reason I think that we don't sit on the front porch anymore Oh yeah, with, with a knife and a piece of wood. Yeah. And, and, and a glass of sweet tea. Yeah. You know, we sit there for, back in the day, what we called the old timers, they used to sit on the porch and just whittle for three or four hours. I yeah. know that's a long time, but, you know, we don't do that no more. No. There's so many things to do that it's jumping from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And it's really hard to get a grasp on. I know God gives grace for moments, yeah. right, for things going on. But just spending time with the Father, yeah. making time in your life to get back to a place where it's just you and Him. Yeah. Find a creek close to your house. Amen. I believe on that one. Amen. And walk the creek yeah. where it's nothing there, no music, no no live show, no yeah. video, no no one's taking pictures of you, no yeah. one's asking about an order of service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just getting getting, or whether it's in the woods or you know, find some nature type thing, because I believe that being in nature helps out just because of my belief in how the creation cries out for the for the father oh absolutely redemption if, cries out for yeah if you read it the the word challenges you he says you don't you don't but you don't see me you yeah. don't know that i'm around go out in nature i'm all around you yeah and uh talking about going out and and where there's no show tara and i we went down to friendship yeah. and went down to the washita there there's some rock shoals that you mm-hmm. can go walk out on and uh, the river was down it was really easy to get out on them and i heard this buzzing in the faint distance i'm like oh it's a boat Let's see where they go. 
What we didn't know was we're sitting right on the side of Talladega, Tal- Talladega Sports River. Bro, those boats come flying through that mug, dude. <laughs> Flat-bottom boats, they are, I'm talking booking. Those guys know exactly where to go to dodge those stumps oh, and yeah. to get through there. We sat there and watched three or four boats go through, and I thought, you know, the sun is setting. It's a beautiful evening, and here we are. You can hear cicadas, crickets, mm. and every other insect that was making noise. And for a moment, you almost felt like life was simple. Yeah. And I think that's where he wants us to get back to. And when we understand it's not necessarily in the place, but it's inside of us. Yeah. If we can have simplicity here, then no matter where we go, we can find simplicity. It's almost as if the world stands still. Yes. For a moment in time. Yeah. You know, and I think I have fallen into the trap where you're at church and you've got— Oh, it's it's October. We're gonna have to do. You know, you feel obligated yeah. to create an event around, um, you, you know, the fall or fall festival. And yeah. Then you get November, and then you get Christmas, and you feel obligated to do things. And then you get all these different months. And and I would say too, um, what a lot that has been liberating for me is not to feel obligated to do something just because it's a month out of the year. Right. You know, I don't, I don't, we don't feel obligated. We had this, you was in the conversation with our leaders. You know, we, we're not going to trade out kingdom productivity with busyness. Right. You don't have to be busy and scheduling events and you get, you don't have to feel like you have to have something going on every single week and every single month just to make you feel like you're being productive yes. in the kingdom. Yes. I think it's, it's very easy for pastors and leaders to fall into that trap well, we're not doing anything in seven other churches in our community. You got events going on and you feel left out. I, I would say remove yourself yeah. out of that obligation and just be liberated by the fact that you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. Even if that means you're not doing what other churches are, are doing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And two, removing the obligation and giving someone an opportunity. Because if it's an obligation, because there's so many things in your calendar, it can be, it can be heavy. Yeah. But the minute you give somebody the opportunity to serve, it becomes weighty because heaven's on it. Yeah. And I love what you've done here. You've shifted the programs of this of this house. Um, there's a lot of cool things in the works that, you know, we're going to get in the community here. Oh, yeah. And I think when that happens, this message of simplicity will only get bigger. It'll yeah. only get louder. And people will really truly begin to see all we need is each other yeah. and the Father. Yeah, we were created for that relationship, that network. So, yeah. I'm excited oh, a lot of about things. simplicity. Oh man, yeah, a lot of things going on. A ton of things going on. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you are in a place where you say I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I want to eat a microphone, whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. get in the car, get in the truck. As George Strait would say, "Baby, run." Get to Malvern, Arkansas. I'm telling you guys, they're coming from all over. There's people coming from the outer corners of the state, coming to stay here on Friday and Saturday nights to be a part of the flow. Get in the river. Ask the Lord to bring the river to your town. It's not specific to here. I want to thank our sponsors. Fast Lane Auto, Repair, Clinton, Tennessee. Give TJ and Haven a big shout out. We love those guys. And if you are interested... And being a guest on the podcast, drop me an email, therebelpriestspeaks at gmail.com. Again, therebelpriestspeaks at gmail.com. Dave, it's been awesome. Yeah, man. Looking forward to what's next. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. Peace. Peace.